0: Welcome to the Stella Singers Podcast, a show where singers talk through their challenges together. I'm Jeff Watman, Ray Emma Sapiano is my co host.
1: Hello.
0: I've never said your surname, did I? Get no, I know. that right?
1: You, you did get it right. Yeah, you did get it right. You but say it. Sapiano. Okay, well, yeah. that was pretty good. Good. <laughs> and our
0: topic for today is does your performance change? Yes. Now, the idea really for doing this podcast came from the two of us taking long trips together to various gigs down at the beach or yep. in the middle of a paddock somewhere. And we'd have these interesting conversations like on en route to these gigs. So I thought it would be interesting for us to maybe have the chat in a podcast and other people can listen and jump in.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right.
0: But this particular uh, topic that we're touching on today, I want to take you back to um, the Box Hill Scout Hall.
1: This Box Hill Scout Hall. Box Hill Hall. Scout
0: Hall where I was <laughs> re- rehearsing for a production of Rent. Yeah where I was playing, I don't know if you're familiar with the musical, but I was playing Roger, who's like a washed-out rock star. Okay, yep. Anyway, it was just me and this Canadian woman who were in the scout hall together this particular day.
1: Yeah. (laughs) What were you doing in there? Rehearsing.
0: (laughs) And um, I was doing a pretty good rendition of his solo song, which is... You know, his girlfriend's died and he's sort of at the end of his tether. And I thought I was doing a pretty good job, actually. I was yeah. feeling it, you know, I was getting a bit teary. Yeah. And she said to me, she said, I can see that you're really feeling that. And I said, yeah, I am, actually. Yeah. And she said, but I'm not. Oh. And um, that's when she asked me to take my pants off. No, no. <laughs> no that's when she said to me, um, just because you're feeling it doesn't mean you're emoting it, right?
1: Okay, yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: And the analogy that she gave to me was like, and I think maybe... Other theatre people know this Is like There's like a furnace you got to imagine You're mm-hmm. like a, There's like a th- Thermos A, th- a furnace a In furnace, your yeah. Like maybe around your chest Yeah And you've got to open that up And send it out to the audience Right Yeah And she said Depending on how big the p- are The audiences that you're performing to Like mm-hmm. if you're in a big theatre You've really got to send it Right to the back row Yeah yeah. Or if you're in like A little bar With a stool And like Five people Then you don't have to send it as far Okay and I'd never to that point thought, I just thought if I'm feeling it, then everyone's feeling it. Yeah. I'd never thought about actually sending my performance out. Yeah. And so now when I'm at a venue, I think more of like, all right, well, does this have to be a big performance or yeah. it's just being like a little withdrawn one?
1: Yeah.
0: Is this something that you've experienced?
1: Well, for me, I think it's it's about connecting within, with an audience. So looking around and and um and feeling what, what you are singing um yeah it's a, it's a hard one sort of how how do you exactly connect with an audience especially like on on a theater level I've never done I've never performed to that many people
0: can you tell us about your uh, cuz I know our guest that's coming up has some experience with this too but you've done <laughs> an audition before, maybe <laughs> yeah. not as successfully as our guest has, but <laughs> no, can you take us wasn't. back to, I think it was 2003, was
1: it? Yeah, I think I think it was either the, the second or the third season of, of Idol and I was so unprepared. I'd never done an audition before and I was quite young and quite naive. I kind of just sort of thought I'd go out there and absolutely I'd smash it and I'd, I'd you know, win Australian Idol. <laughs> Um but yeah and no, I can remember going to to that audition and um you know there's a, there's a few auditions before you you make it on to actually see the judges but the main audition I think was at the MCG. Oh
0: so, my god. Yeah so that uh. was
1: that was pretty cool. It was a really long day just kind of, you know, waiting around and um eventually got called called in and um to to my surprise at the time it was like just this room which was so dark. And, um, I remember just waiting in there and them saying, you know, okay, you just got to be really quiet because they're, they're, you know, they're they're recording. So I'm waiting in this room and, um, Digo's just having
0: a glass of water. (laughs) Don't look him in the eye when you get in there. Don't
1: make a noise. Well, then the door opened and there was like all this lighting, which just seemed to, I wasn't expecting it. So really, (laughs) I felt like it really blinded me and I felt really (laughs) disorientated.
0: Um,
1: and I, yeah, I think because I was inexperienced with auditions, I thought it would be a good idea to go out there and do one of my own originals and play guitar, which I'd never played guitar on stage. <laughs> so I get out there with my guitar and um, it was it was pretty much a train wreck. Like I just, yeah, couldn't see where I was going.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, it sounds very disorientating if you've it come was. out of the dark room into the bright light. Yes, lights.
1: yeah, it was. Um, Yeah, so it, it looked... My experience on that show wasn't.
0: But what's it like then performing to three people who aren't that interested in seeing you perform necessarily? Yeah. As opposed to like a bar where people are drunk and having a ready for a good time.
1: Yeah. Well, I think um, they were they were actually really they were quite lovely, um, and I think they could see at the time that I was quite quite nervous. That was something that I hadn't hadn't thought about um, mm. at that time. So yeah, it was just. Yeah, did you sing was, to someone? I did. Uh I think I You didn't yeah. go
0: happy birthday, Mr. President style, did you?
1: No, I didn't, no. I um I, I think I, I felt really quite comfortable with Marsha. So I think <laughs> I just kind of just looked at her and, and and, you know, sang sang the songs and I didn't get through much. <laughs> I,
0: I had a similar experience where um I was going over to Japan because yeah. I had a couple of mates there that were teaching English and it seemed like a fun thing to do for a gap year. Yeah. And I auditioned I saw an audition for um, Tokyo Disneyland
1: because
0: <laughs> they have singers and stuff they do a yeah, stage show and I yeah. thought well this would be alright actually yeah. and the day before the audition I was playing soccer and this Italian guy on the other team went for I don't know if you know what a bicycle kick is but it's it's a very elaborate kick and he yeah. kicked me right in the <laughs> in the eyebrow sort of and I had a big cut that yeah. needed stitches oh, no. but my audition was the next day <laughs> And my face was a bit screwed up, so I was like,
1: <laughs> So you auditioned as Goofy?
0: <laughs> I wonder why they offered me that role. I, could, I don't know. I, I think I chose the wrong song. I might have done Somebody to Love or a big song, which is hard to do in a small yeah. room with no atmosphere. I don't know. Yeah. I should have gone with a ballad or something. Yeah. But <laughs> this is where the story makes no sense at all. Though. Mm. I didn't get the job with the singers, yeah. but I got offered Prince Charming. <laughs> Which I think is just walking around and shaking hands with people and stuff.
1: So you didn't, you didn't actually take that job.
0: I didn't know. No. Okay. I thought, I I thought, like you know, six months of smiling every day and shaking hands, I I would have probably killed someone eventually. (laughs) You're listening to the Stella Singers podcast. your routine when you arrive for a gig at a place you've never done before? Um,
1: I, I basically look at the crowd. I mean, so predominantly the stuff that I'm doing is like pub stuff and clubs and then corporate wedding, all that kind of thing. So I like to take a look around at the crowd and see – who's there and what the vibe is, um, in terms of like, you know, changing up the set and what I'm going to start with. So sometimes I can have an idea as to what I'm going to do, but it's not until I get there and I have a look around and see what the environment's like and whether I need to change.
0: So if it was like a bunch of rich bankers that weren't too interested, you might chuck in a bit of Marvin Gaye or something instead early on, yeah. not use your big party number. That's straight exactly
1: right. right. So give give them the chance to be able to chat and I'll just, I just play the music that's just going to be, just compliment them chatting away to each other. So
0: That's interesting because I more think of the venue than the actual crowd themselves. Okay. And so when I get there like four o'clock in the afternoon, I yeah. might walk, if it's a big room, I might walk to the back of the room and think, yeah. all right, how big is this room? Yeah. And what's it going to look like for the person standing here at the back with me on stage? Do I need it to be a big? Yeah. But these things are all intangible, aren't they? You yeah. can't, I don't know whether it makes any difference or not. Yeah. Like somebody told me if you have a sore throat and you eat an apple, and fixes your <laughs> voice, but I think that's just bullshit. I, I don't so know, too. but I still do it. <laughs> do you? <laughs> yeah.
1: All
0: right, let's get our, our guest in because yes. this yes. guy Super has exciting. performed in all of these conditions and yes. a lot more. He's done everything from Neighbours to Jesus Christ Superstar. Yeah. Rob Mills, welcome to the Stella Singers Podcast.
2: Thank you so much for having me, guys. This oh, is wisdom. amazing. I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed the chat so far as well.
0: Where do you want to start? Because uh, uh, we we talked about a couple of disasters we had in the audition room, but you obviously nailed it. Yeah, what uh, did you Idol do differently audition? to me? <laughs> well, uh, but you must have done quite a few good auditions because it's not just idle. You've had landed quite a few parts in musicals and things too.
2: Yeah, I've missed a lot though. I've also like failed miserably. Not failed miserably, but like just wasn't right for the for the role or whatever. But yeah, I've put down so many audition tapes or gone into the room and. I've got a thing, and this is something. Hang on, I before you
0: them. go there, let us get you prepared because singers that haven't done an audition won't know that when you walk into the room, it's kind of like a lunatic asylum, right? Yeah. Like you'll hear a lot of this. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. you got to get through that first, right? You got to get used to, I
2: suppose, knowing that whatever sound that you're making is is whatever. You got to get comfortable <laughs> because, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think when I first started learning singing and techniques and stuff and the warm-up and stuff, I never used to do it. And then when I went to the room, I was like, oh, I know, I really need to do this. And it's just about not feeling a self-conscious yeah. um, when you have to do it before you go on to sing because you want to get your best performance out. I got a D plus for my singing exam in year 12 because I was ill prepared, just wasn't prepared enough, hadn't really um, worked on the songs enough you um, thought
0: you could just go in and sing Wonderwall or something?
2: Yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> um, just It wasn't, it didn't work out so well. Uh, my version of Girl from Ipanema. Why is Girl from Ipanema on the syllabus back in 2000? <laughs> that anyway. needs an update for sure. Yeah. Oh, definitely, definitely. But I learnt singing, learnt performing, learnt auditioning just on the job. It's um, the one thing I say to the kids when they go into audition is just – Practice walking into a room and walking into a room, knowing that everyone sitting at the desk is like busy. They're doing other things. They're checking out the the last person that's just been on. They're like, "Oh, sorry, can I help you?" Oh, yep, cool. You've got to know yourself. You've got to be confident within yourself. Your number one job is to um, be confident. Basically, if you are a nervous person, as a we are empathetic as human beings, if we see someone nervous on stage or in an audition room, I'm already nervous for them. So I'm like. It's yeah. it's awkward. So like, your number one job is just to feel comfortable, um, in your own shoes. So when you walk in, you stand there or you walk up. I always walk up and either want to shake hands or probably one point five meters now these days. Yeah. But um, give them a <laughs> sterile high five, um, and you're knowing your material really well. That's that's super important. Yeah. Um, and also just to have a good time. They they will want to hire you because you are a good energy in the room. Yeah. So do I have, do I want to work with this person for the next three months or the next two years?
0: Yeah. We don't want to dwell on Idol too much, but I did just want to ask, when you were doing the actual performances, who who were you performing to? Like there was a camera and there's like a, a kind of a mock audience there and there's some judges. Like who would you really – Like it seems like a hard thing to know who you're delivering the performance to, right? Yeah, mate. I worked it
2: out pretty early on that there's what, 200 people in the audience um and there's well there was a couple of million people watching at home so what am i going to do i'm going to hit those cameras i'm going to look down down the barrel i'm going to yeah that's that's where that's where your audience is they're the people voting so i would choreograph or not really choreograph it because i'm not a dancer at all especially not back then if you look back at the tape guys uh It's a lot of side, a lot of, a, lot of, a lot of step touch, a lot of step touch. <laughs> that was a different time. Um, but what I did know is that I could mo- I could stand deliver. I'm a smart mover. Yeah. So I, I would find the camera and I'd pitch most of it down the lens.
1: I think um, you did that really well, to be honest, because, um, yeah, having a look at footage, even just sort of recapping on some of the stuff that you've done, you – you definitely looked into the camera and you definitely looked into the audience, you know, watching the, the the television. That that definitely came across.
2: Well, thanks. And what you were saying before, Jeff, about that, um, the audience, knowing your audience, but it's also when you're singing the song, even if it's a pop song, what's the story? What is what is the story that you're telling here? And who's the not only is who's the audience audience, but who's the actual song directed at? If you know what the story is, some some singers have incredible voices I know but I feel nothing yeah like I feel nothing when they sing because they're not connected to the story they're connected to their own voice and it's incredible but they may as well be singing la 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 at me yeah. Do you know what I mean like I much prefer a, a singer to be a maybe a less a less good singer as long as they're telling me the story yeah that's where we, that's that's where I think we really connect as well as, as an audience.
0: But if you're singing down the camera, that's kind of a smaller... Because, like, screen acting is different to stage acting, right? So is it kind of a a little bit of a smaller performance in a way? Like, it's a bit I can't do that.
2: My face is so (laughs) animated. I'm like Jim Carrey up there, mate. (laughs) It's too much. But for TV acting, definitely, I will definitely pull it back. That must Um, be why
0: Neighbours came knocking. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. We love the look to camera. We love the smouldering look.
2: This is no joke. My very first uh, scene... Filming Neighbours, which was like back in 2016, it was a walk and talk um, down the hallways of the corridor. I was the new teacher at Erinsborough High. And I swear to God, just from hosting t- TV for many years, my first line, I just barreled straight down the camera. I was like, oh, mate, the camera's not there. You're, you're in a drama series. There's no camera. Like, <laughs> I couldn't help it.
0: I know you haven't done a lot of screen stuff, but don't look down the barrel. Okay. Yeah. All
2: right. <laughs> Never look down the barrel during during acting.
0: So our disagreement seems to be that Ray is very much interested just in connecting with the audience, and I'm more thinking like about the venue and how big it is. Mm-hmm. Let's uh you're doing some Christmas shows with Bobby Fox, which will yep. be quite fun around the country. Now, what, what, what? How would your approach be different if you're in Tasmania in the Crab Shack with three fishermen, as opposed to maybe you're at the Regent Theatre or the Sydney Opera House or something like? Is it any different or are you just going to deliver the same performance? I think it's
2: – I think if there's a chance to go into the audience if it's in a smaller venue, you walk down and talk to the people, make them feel oh comfortable. Oh, my Be, God. No, nah, I'd never do that. The whole, <laughs> the whole thing is always making the, the, the audience feel comfortable as yeah. soon as possible, oh giving nuts. them permission to either clap, to laugh, to sing along, to – um, just be their best selves. So you've got to do that early in a in a like a cabaret show or a one man show or um, a a musical is different um, because it's setting up the story. You know, in the first couple of songs, it's setting up what what you're in for. Um, but I think when it's a, a cabaret kind of or a gig, you've got to you've got to go in early and say, hey, it's whether you whether you say the words, you can clap along or like or you want to have a good time, like whatever it is, you just give them permission early that they can laugh. So yeah, Yeah. that's what I try and do.
1: I think that's great. That's, that's sort of my approach with the smaller gigs that, that I guess that I do. It is.
0: Yeah. She's so good at it too, but man, I'm I'm not for walking down into the audience. You've got no idea what you're walking into down there. How drunk people are. What kind of. And then if they ever ask for a tambourine, Ray always gives them the tambourine. Oh, never. don't you give them the not, tambourine. It's a great idea. No, I always you feel know it's wrong, oh, right, and you still
1: them the tambourine. It's
2: the one instrument that cuts know, through everything else, that yeah. high frequency, and you give it. No, never give it unless it's a trusted muzo.
1: It took us ages to find the tambourine. The last gig we yeah, did together, it floated
0: around the whole room and. And, she, of course, she told, oh, I'm really good at playing it. And also the people that say, can I get to sing a song because I'm a professional singer. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. That's
1: another. One. Never.
0: They're never professional they singers. Are. Because no professional singer goes to a gig and says, can I get up and do one?
2: I do. All the time. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> I'm, I'm the weirdo. Holy <laughs> shit. Guys, give me the mic.
0: <laughs> you do not. The only thing you, know you when... do, you'd be desperate for a night off, I'm
2: sure. <laughs> Mate, I was very close to grabbing the mic off you.
0: I can't go <laughs> for that. Oh, whoa. Well. <laughs> Please oh, please do. Um, we wondered, uh, we, ha- we have a band together. This
2: is Michael McDonald BVs for you next time. <laughs> yeah, right.
0: We have a band uh, together called Stellar Nights, and the idea of the band was to, we just wanted to create, you know, really great nights that are memorable. And we wondered if we could just put this on you with no notice, but is there a particular performance or gig that you've done that really stands out in your mind as a Stellar night?
2: I think the first one was probably Rod Laver Arena mm-hmm. with the uh, Australian Idol concert tour. Sang with my good friend Courtney Act, I sang a Maroon Five song, and then with Courtney we did Kids, which is the Robbie Williams and yeah. Kylie Minogue song. A full band, sixteen thousand people screaming. Um, that was that was pretty incredible to tour the country with that. Um, to I also got to play Rod Laver with John Farnham. Magda Zubanski, Nat Bass, and a bunch of others in Greece. The arena spectacular. That I wasn't was really cool. not
0: expecting that combination.
2: <laughs> I know it was r- a random uh, cast that they put together. I was playing Johnny Casino, but sitting in the car every night and listening to Farnsy sing as the Teen Angel. It was. I d- I didn't know, I didn't know what to say because he was my childhood hero. So yeah. that was a pretty incredible experience every night, traveling the country and listening to him sing and like him being this this close to me. So yeah, it was pretty amazing. Yeah. Gig-wise, I don't know. I, I I think just the first time we had an audience for Wicked, for me that was sort of my love learnt my love of um, musical theatre sort of was really brought to life then. Just doing that first show, going wow, what a really powerful story to be a part of.
0: Before we go off the musical theatre, too, I know you did Jesus Christ Superstar. Who did you play in that? Jesus. Me too. When that is when I was in high school, but I really Mate. wanted to play Judas because that he gets all the big rock numbers. Oh yeah, he gets the opening. Did you number. want to go for Judas or did you know that you were more suited to Jesus? They chose Jesus
2: and it was harrowing. Guys like the us, hardest.
0: we're never going to be Judas though, are we? No, we're just, we're we're just nice. so foppish, boy, we're too lovely. boyish, we're too lovely. charming, <laughs> I know.
1: <laughs>
2: it's just an amazing show though. It's um, every night singing that um, Gethsemane and uh, breaking down ah into your final breaths and death is yeah every night was harrowing i talk about it in the book and it's just yeah it was really really difficult and i know and i never thought i'd be one of those actors like oh it was very difficult um for me to act that scene every night um but it it honestly you have to dig dig deep into your soul to get the well i had to to to, to get the performance out every night yeah I wish I could say the same thing because
0: I was a teenager and yeah. I had to take my shirt off at the end when you get hung on the cross <laughs> yeah. and I was so self-conscious about taking my shirt off because Stacey Rogers was Mary and I yeah. was like, oh, God, she couldn't see me with a shirt off. So I do a few push-ups backstage yeah. to try to pump up my pecs.
2: Mate, I got down to 73 kilos in the lead up to that. Got so up. I'm usually sitting around uh, 81, 82 yeah. um, and I got down to 73 and just – I was like, you can't be fat, Jesus. There wasn't a lot of food, (laughs) like there wasn't a lot of food back then, you know. No,
0: you can't. I love that. I feel your pain.
2: He was pretty poor. He was pretty poor. Like he wasn't like, it's just bread and wine. There wasn't a lot, you know. No, it would make no sense at all. Mm. Can't have fat, Jesus.
1: (laughs) That's so good.
2: Also, on the cross, if you're hanging and your guts are hanging down, you know, like
1: it's not a good look, is
2: it? Yeah, you'd probably last two weeks if you were. (laughs) That's I mean, yeah, Yeah, exactly, exactly. You're still alive. (laughs) I heard it jump. Can I tell you a funny story before you go on? Yeah. yeah. There's an amateur musical, an amateur version of Jesus Christ Superstar. Something happened during the show where they couldn't get the Jesus up on the cross. The cross kept breaking.
1: Oh, no. And this this young
2: actor, just quick as a shot, just went, all right, you get away with this time, Jesus.
1: <laughs>
2: I don't know if it's true, but I just you love away I that. Just... <laughs> You get away with it this time, Jesus.
0: <laughs> That's so good. Uh, well, why don't you ask him the question about
1: the pyjamas? The pyjamas.
0: <laughs> Last night I said to Ray, you know, have a few questions ready for Rob. i like, what have you got? And she's like, oh, I'll go- I ask him if he wears pyjamas to bed or he sleeps naked. Yeah, so, both. I mean, it's her first interview. So, I know both. it's not Frost Nixon, and but I, she's doing her know. best.
2: Yeah, I do. I do both. do both.
1: Good on you, Rob. Seasonal. Just depends. (laughs) It depends, yeah. Yeah, good on you. We were a
0: bit shocked at the picture on the front cover of your new book here, which is called Putting on a Show, Mm. that you went with the pluggers and the cup of tea and the shorts.
2: (laughs) Yeah, so the, the, the thing with the cover was, the idea was we're always putting on a show. We're always putting on a mask or we're... Yeah. We wear many hats as blokes, um, mm-hmm. we wanted that old school sort of esky, we wanted the old school chair, the, sitting on the lawn, having a beer kind of guy, but also yeah. he's the performer, he's the corporate guy, he's the, yeah, he's he's a bit of
0: everything. I mean, being a performer can be a lonely thing because often you've got the week free, then your weekends are busy, but you've got that time to kill. And I know musical theatre is more of a team sport because you're performing with a lot of different singers, but did, have you found it lonely at times?
2: Oh yeah, I had this conversation with Carmel, who's playing the lead in Hesper at the moment. She's Tracy Turnblad. There is not a lot of stage time, not a lot of downtime for her. She's always on the stage. There's a couple of times she gets to run off, have a swig of water. I would say it's the hardest role, female role in musical theatre. Definitely hard. Like as far as like stage time, she has to dance, just to sing. She has to be happy, sad. Like it has to an array of emotions, um, and also just be positive the whole time and upbeat. But I said to her the other day it is incredibly lonely even during the rehearsals there's a lot of time where you are with the cast there's a lot of downtime you're sitting around you're watching poking fun making gags the, the lead is always on stage you don't form those bonds you don't because you're on the stage with the director and then the director goes after opening night so he's so he's gone okay that's the person i was chatting with the whole yeah. time he's gone so it's it, it can it can be lonely um of course, also when you're touring, you you don't really lock down a, a group of friends um, because you're constantly um, touring. So you're in, in a different state for the three months or six months or a year or whatever, and then you move again. Um, so you can sometimes lose your kind of tribe, I suppose. Um, but then it's about moving back into the, the city where you live, and then all right, who are my people? How do I get them all together? And yeah, it it, it can it can be lonely, especially you know your nights off or Mondays uh and tuesdays so there's there's you miss out yeah. on a lot and i think just as, as a as a gig guy even when i was 18 i was in bands from like 17 18. so i'd work thursday friday saturday sunday i missed so many 18th birthdays 21st uh, engagements like yeah. weddings because i was always working because if you don't work you don't get paid there's no sick day there's no yeah so it's just it, mm-hmm. it can it can be, but at the same time, and it's, the one
0: time you do commit to someone's fortieth or something, then this amazing gig comes along and you are just like, oh, why did I do it? <laughs> I'm missing
2: a wedding this weekend. Um, Georgie's like, can you come? I said, bye bye. I I can't. Like, yeah, it's it's two shows in the theater plus it's the flights, it's the accommodation. It's like, yeah, I, yeah. we've got a we've got a mortgage. Like, I,
0: yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. I'd love yeah. to say yeah, I'd just take take that off, but it's. If you don't work, yeah, you don't get paid.
0: Well, the yeah. only other option is doing morning melodies. And then yes. you do a Tuesday morning and you've got the weekends free. And I'm yeah, sure that's sounds- in both of our futures.
2: <laughs> this <laughs> sounds great, mate. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah,
0: one
1: day. We should do a trio in another <laughs> 15 years' time.
2: <laughs>
0: oh, five years' time.
2: We're not far away. I've got a lot of grace. Yeah, if you've got some grace. context,
0: that'll be good. Yeah. And just quickly, I actually haven't gotten through the book yet. I'm only this far. But um, you, you talk about early on in the book uh, that y- – you maybe have become a more generous person in spirit. Do you think that has also affected how you are as a performer? Like you're sort of alluding to the fact that you when you were an idol you were really just thinking about yourself all the time and how great am I and how big am I gonna be and how well am I going to sing this song? Has that yeah, just, has your perspective changed as a performer, like that way? I think I've always It didn't come across my... that way, by the way. You were always quite likable and yeah. I thought I like think
2: them. I think in the book I may have embellished a tiny bit about the arrogance um of myself at that age. I think I've always been quite a quite a team player. But I just wasn't thinking um emotionally about other people. Do you know what I mean? That it's not like I wasn't thinking about them at all, mm. but just emotionally wasn't really thinking about any, any anything at all. I was completely oblivious to the way the world works, the way the way that you have to just buy groceries, or that you have to pay rent, all that stuff. I just was not that's a fully kind of functioning thing,
1: too, isn't it? You know, I think when I was oh, super naive, yeah. yeah.
2: But you do get you. you grow up, you mature, um, and I feel like I've found like the footy part of me, the footy player part of me, like in a musical. You're saying before it's a team, so I I always feel better in in the team. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't really like being the guy, the standout um, center half forward type. I'm just your back flanker just doing his job you know just the one percenters he might get you know fifth and the best and fairest but he's a solid player you know he just
1: yeah.
0: he, he he does a solid effort every week for the coach you know it just takes it one game at a time and it seems like you've had an amazing response from the book so well done man it seems like a really Thank good you. message yeah. and uh yeah a lot of people are reading it and relating to it i was ra- i was wrapped with the
2: yeah the response i had a few reviews that have come through that um someone said he's, he's gone full louis thoreau i was like ooh. I love Lou Thoreau, so thank yeah, you very much. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> I think the aim of the book is to spark more conversations with blokes and and their partners. And um, the the book is certainly not uh, a memoir. It's more self reflection. It's similar to um, did you read Lee Sales Any Ordinary Day, where she interviewed a bunch of people that have gone through traumatic circumstances, mm-hmm. ah, and then she that? reflects she reflects on those interviews and and the times that she's also gone through stuff as well. So yeah. it's kind of in that vein. Um, but with a yeah, with a bit of memoir, but all the interviews are with really incredible, interesting people working in the field of empowerment or, um, men's mental health or oh. just like just blokes, just some blokes. And there's also some really lovely women that I spoke to as well, including Jamila Rizvi, um, Michelle Brazier, also an incredible singer and comedian. Um, you yeah. should definitely, definitely get her on the show. She's very funny.
1: Give <laughs> You're us a writing number. That down.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks so much for being our guest yeah, today, man, you, and good bro. luck with the book. It's called "Putting on a Show," and with your shows coming up with Bobby Fox, are you touring around Australia later in the year? We,
2: we are doing some corporate stuff for Christmas. Uh, this one is just the one and only show in Geelong. Oh. It was the week before Christmas? It's on the eighteenth. That
0: sounds good. Um,
2: cool. It's a little out of town tryout, a little off Broadway thing we're going to put together, and hopefully. Um, this will be the thing that we can do forever because I just love performing with Bobby. He's just, yeah, just the greatest.
1: A time, yeah. yeah. All right. Thanks, Rob. Thank you so thanks, much. Thanks, guys.
0: Thanks. I actually thought we were going to be right on the same page with this, but I think we approach it a little bit differently.
1: Yeah, we are a little bit different, aren't we? Yeah. Mm. But uh, that's okay. Yeah. I really
0: I, I, really don't necessarily think first about the people there. Yeah. I mean, it seems like you do. But you're, you're at the gig like four hours before, right?
1: Um, yeah, look, some, sometimes, you know, a couple of, just depending like on. Like you're in the
0: empty room, I mean. And you're, yeah. you're th- surely you're thinking like, all right, well, how am I going to approach this one?
1: Uh, no, for some reason it's weird. <laughs> maybe it's just me. No, it's not, it's not until, I think a lot of the, the places I'm playing, I kind of already know where I'm going to be playing and who kind of is going to be there and mm. what I need to do. But I mean, obviously like with corporate stuff or weddings or what, I don't know, maybe you just fall into a thing of knowing roughly what people want and, or how the night's going to go. Mm. And then I adjust set lists and performances accordingly once people are there. Yeah. See,
0: I couldn't care less what the audience... <laughs> no, no, I, I do care about the audience. But You uh, do care. You do care. But yeah, I, I think I think about it differently in terms... I've got to visualise it or something yeah. before I do it. And then Rob was a little bit different as well because maybe he just... He he just relies on his own performance and his own yeah. charisma. He sounds like when he walks into that rehearsal room, it's just he like he owns it. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't worry too much about any of it. He just lets it rip.
1: Yeah, but but he he does like to connect to the audience, doesn't he? That's that was something that was really important to him about connecting to an audience. Yeah. And, and um, if there's not that many people in the room, yeah, like you down and, him, and. Like politicians shaking hands with people. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh my God, nah, that's not for me. All right, this has been the Stella Singers Podcast. See you next time. Bye.